Hello, and welcome to the Go Take Pictures podcast, where we spend time getting to know people who've decided to use photography to communicate in powerful ways. And the question I want to ask, how do they balance making art with being a real person? How does photography fit into their family, their job, struggles, and everyday life? At the end of the conversation, I'm hoping to know where the art comes from and then share that with you. My guest on this episode is Patrick Four, who is the staff photographer at Taylor Guitars in El Cajon, California. From his lifestyle work with musicians on location to gorgeous product photography for catalogs, ads, and media, there's a real passion and life in his work. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for meeting with me this morning. And uh, It's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Well, it was uh, you came really highly recommended by Desi. Oh, Desi. Desi's a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was so stoked when I saw his name pop up and I was like, man, he's such good. He's so good at what he does. And it's so opposite of what I do. And so I'm, yeah. I'm like impressed by everything that he that's, shoots. Sorry, that's good. No, no, that's great. I will, we'll have to make sure he uh, doesn't get a big head from, from that. We are, uh, Desi and I are in a, a small group of photographers. We have a, a, a Slack group going. Oh, it's, it's mostly Oregon. Slack group. <laughs> yeah. How do it's I get mostly, it in on this? You, uh, I will send you an invite. Oh, nice. The uh, it's mostly Oregon and Washington folks, and then um, okay. and then we've got a couple people that are out of the area. But um, we'll just extend it to the West Coast. Yeah, you know exactly. Like, SoCal people, me and Desi. Yeah, well, and uh, my my first episode I recorded was with um, Alexa um, Racco, who Alexa okay. Hope is her uh, handle, and she lives in Santa Barbara. So right on. See, we're, you just, we're kind of leaning California. You're crawling south. Point. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, we're we're leaning kind of California heavy so far. Um, but, uh, yeah, Desi recommended you. And as soon as he mentioned that you work with Taylor, uh, guitars, yeah. I, I just said, Hey man, we, we got to line that up because, cool. um, I'm an old guitar guy and it's, uh, good to be here. That immediately yeah. piqued my interest. But, uh, um, yeah, yeah. And then when I went and looked at your work, it's like, Oh yeah, we have to talk. So, um, before we get too much further, would you, uh, let us know a little bit about, uh, you know, what you do, you know, what kind of photography that you're involved with? Um, what you do as a profession, um, and then a little bit more about where we can find your work and see what you're up to. Yeah. So about 85% of my uh, work is done for Taylor Guitars, leading the photography efforts for the company. Um, I oversee everything from catalog product photography what you see on our website, just like if you're going to buy a Taylor. I have a few um, of those catalogs saved. Those catalog images, you know, those really exciting catalog images uh, to campaign level shoots to artist, uh, artist endorsements. Um, so I am over the whole thing. I don't shoot everything. Um, uh, we have contractors and vendors that we work with. Um, primarily what I shoot is I shoot uh, artists uh, campaign level stuff and, uh, photography for our magazine, which is called wooden steel, right? Which is kind of a tailor produced publication trade publication. Um, where if you're uh, a tailor fan, you get this magazine and right. it's just really just, it's all guitar porn. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a super high end, beautiful photography, not to get a big head. <laughs> Uh, my predecessor kind of set the bar for it. And I've had to like, in the past two years, kind of, uh, figure it out. Nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's what I do. So, and then, uh, 
the other like 15% um, is kind of side projects that I'm just interested in. Um, right now I'm working on um, a personal project of San Diego surfers. Mm-hmm. So doing um, surfing uh, portraits, very editorial style. Uh, I also uh, produced, I, I will actually, I launched it right before this whole chaos happened of COVID um, called Sway San Diego, where I take uh, photos of um, up and coming leaders within San Diego, people who are starting businesses, people who are leading nonprofits, um, scientists, teachers. Um, and I take their portrait and uh, I have a friend who interviews them. So I just launched this personal project called Sway San Diego. Nice. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much how I spend my time. That's fantastic. So yeah. the the kind of that fifteen percent is uh, more personal project stuff. Um, yeah, it's, you- it's stuff that I want to do. You know, what I'm saying yeah. that I can control the creative direction hundred percent. Versus like Taylor, I'm always you know as much as I love shooting for Taylor, it's always like <laughs> what I shoot is kind of uh, at, you know uh, decided upon. Uh, creatively sometimes by two other people right the creative director and the art director right uh and so um while they do give me a lot of creative freedom it's still like it has to pass the brand bar right it has to look Mm -hmm. like taylor so yeah well taylor has some uh institutional uh aesthetic you know there's there's they go back a long way in, totally in having a look and, and and a way that they present uh, their workmanship. Yeah, Taylor Photography really has that that bar has been set by my predecessor Tim Whitehouse, who incredible photographer. Um, uh, and I took over for him, and it's been really this like trying to step into some giant shoes, but he's sure. really set the bar. And Taylor Photography, I, I would say, better than Martin, better than Gibson, better than Fender just in terms of how we shoot our products. Um, so it's been a fun challenge. Long before I was a photographer, I mm-hmm. admired the catalogs and the, uh, especially, especially the action shots of people playing in, mm-hmm. in the wooden steel in the catalogs. Um, yeah. So uh, as a young, as a young 20 something, I was drooling over those things. And certainly the imagery in there uh, creates a, a desire to, to be part of it's not even just i want to have a cool guitar it's that you want to be part yeah. of this lifestyle and and the the collective uh, community that taylor's presenting totally and and that's kind of how we've been trying to lean into that for the past year is like what is that lifestyle right for a long time it was about more like just museum quality like how do we present our products because our our guitars are gorgeous so how does the photography match that level of precision and beauty and aesthetic yeah um right now the questions we're asking is it's it's still about producing beautiful images but what what is that lifestyle how are people using our products um and then we approach our photography that way um so we're slowly pivoting into more of a, a natural aesthetic where it's less you know i have 16 strobe lights and everything's dialed in perfectly to more of that like man what what do you do with your gs mini which is one of our consumer level guitars like where do you take that guitar Mm -hmm. you take it camping it's like it you leave it on your couch right your kids come up and and 
try to strum it with uh, bread ties, right? Like there's like, <laughs> you know, like, or if it's like 714 or, a, a you know, Bill's edition, uh, it's more of the professional, right? right? Right. And so we kind of think about it in terms of spaces. Like you play it like at home, you play it in the studio, you play it on the stage. And so that's kind of how we approach lifestyle these days. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Anyway. No, I love that. I think that's, that's fantastic. And, um, I'll, I'll give a little bit of context that when, when Desi mentioned Taylor, I, I immediately, my ears perked up. Um, so I visited the factory when I was working in a guitar store. And so okay. I, had the, I had the chance to come down and visit, uh, and, and do the tours and basically get to hang out with our, our sales rep at the time. Oh, and nice. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. So, um, I sold, a, I've sold a ton of Taylor guitars. I've ordered a whole bunch of different guitars for clients, you know, custom shop mm-hmm. models. Um, we've also had some of just the really crazy presentation series models that, um, that we had the pleasure of, uh, of putting our hands on and checking out. Mm-hmm. And my personal guitar, uh, I've, I've owned three different tailors. Um, but my personal guitar is one that I actually, when I was visiting the factory, I met with my rep and, and we went and we looked around a little bit and, and we, we set aside a, a three piece, uh, Indian Rosewood back for my 714 CE. And Gorgeous. so yeah. it's, it's an amazing guitar. It, it, um, it's a 2001 model. So it's, uh, it's, and it's, uh, it's been, um, yeah, it's aged, aged really nicely. I mean, but, guitars are not like cameras, right? right. <laughs> guitars exactly. age well, like they're good, like they're a good scotch, right? Yeah. It gets better. Like guitars bloom uh, after yeah. a while. And yeah, so well, the guys or, I used to work with used to say that guitars, the older they get, the more mojo they have. Yeah. I mean, they, and they change, right? Like guitars are living things. They come from trees, which are living things. And so they're always evolving. They're always changing. And so, um, it's, it's so different than from the camera world where it's like, oh, I gotta get the latest and greatest. Yeah. Right. Versus like, oh man, your, your 2001 Taylor is going to sound different, uh, than it did when you just bought it. Like, and mm-hmm. it's, it's not good or bad. It's just like, it's just going to evolve and change. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. well, and that's my other, the other model that I, it's still, I don't currently have it. It's in the family. My sister actually has yeah. it. She kind of borrowed it and kind of per, semi-permanently adopted it. It's a, um, special edition Koa back inside, uh, 412. Um, and it's the old, one of the older models that doesn't have pins mm-hmm. in the bridge. So the, it has a pass through mm. It has these kind of cool pass through slots yeah, yeah. for the, for the, uh, for the pins, I think if I remember right, but it's, it's just a really cool old guitar and the, and it's all satin finish and it's just gorgeous and sounds amazing. And she just, she started playing it and then I, I've never had the heart to ask for it back. Um, so she has it. It's gorgeous. It, well, you're it has, a good person. Good <laughs> well, and she lives in Arizona, or actually, she lives. She she moved to Arizona, and now she lives in Minneapolis. So okay, uh, it would be a struggle to try to get it back here anyway. And I yeah. and I I'm not playing out anymore. So uh, it it would just plus you got your your trusty 714 CE. I do. I do. So you're good. I I, I should not be complaining. About yeah. At any point, because my guitar is amazing. But um. All that to say, that's kind of my experience there with with the factory and with understanding Taylor and having sold them for like four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand 
that, and we sold Martin as well. So I, I understand the difference and I've, I've spent a lot of time playing a lot of those guitars. Although Dan, so I'm, I must admit to you that I am, I'm not a guitar guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not like, I am not, I mean, and I'm like, surrounded by people who are nuts right um and I, honestly before i worked here or started working here two years ago i, I didn't know anything i mean i i knew the taylor brand mm -hmm. um and i was friends with guitar players who played taylors but i didn't beyond that like i didn't know like when i was studying for the interview like i i like had to figure out like <laughs> what the different parts of a of a guitar were called like i didn't yeah I didn't know. And now I have to give tours. Like they told me, they're like, hey, Patrick, so uh, part of your responsibilities is you, you uh, got to give a tour like once it. a month. And I'm like, are you? No, no, I'm not. Like this is, I was kind of voluntold for that. So I literally had to like study, like cram. I'm like, oh, like this is how you make a uh, guitar. And this is a type of wood species. And this is where yeah. mahogany comes from. And I didn't, right. I didn't know any of this kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's been kind of a, a, a big crash course. Oh, that's uh, great! Being here, so so have you have you worked out? You, you've uh, learned a few chords, I'm guessing, so you can strum yeah. a couple. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm just not good. I'll never play in front of people. But you can't work um, in a guitar place and not be able to pick up and play. You know, oh, hundred percent. Like I have the same guitar or uh, chord progression that when I'm giving a tour, I'll like pick up a you know some guitar off the line and be like, "This guitar sounds great. It has V class bracing," and I play the same three chords. <laughs> And people are like, oh, he's really good. Except that's the only I've like that's the only thing I know how to play. So don't ask me to play Freebird or You know, a lot of guitar store guys are are kind of like that. They I had one guy that I worked with that he could play like the first three bars of almost any classic rock song, but he couldn't actually play a real song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He just he just played he had a few licks that he could play that yeah. sounded amazing, and that was it. That was the that was the extent of it. So you're you're in good company there, I think. Excellent. So Okay, that's fantastic. I love hearing that. Um, that you didn't, you don't have to be a guitar nerd to to go and be the, you know, the the guy heading up photography at Taylor Guitars. That's no, I mean that's really that's kind of the one of the things that I mean I did a good job. Uh, my bosses won't listen to this, will they? <laughs> I, I did a good job conning them, right? I did a like I'm fake. I'm still faking it. Like, um, they. I still don't know why they hired me. I don't know why they hired me. Uh, you know, I... Um, well, I've seen some of your work, and I know why they hired you. Well, I knew in the back <laughs> of my head that I could do the work. Right. right? Well, that's that's how but, most commercial jobs are landed, right? You, right. And you, so, but, like, I didn't have a portfolio of high-end product photography. Sure. Um, so the art director just, I guess, saw something uh, and took a gamble on me. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, you yeah. know, I think that that's that's the way most. I, th I think that's the way that most um, people choose the photographer that they're going to work with or choose the photography team. They're not looking for. I mean, I know this isn't always true. They're not looking for. Hey, you've shot a whole bunch of mm -hmm. you know product shots of guitars. They're looking that they're looking for evidence in your work that you know how to interact with people. Mm -hmm. You know how you know how to get the whole thing to work and that you know how to make the whole vision work. And I, I've heard that so many times from different art directors, from, from different producers is that mm -hmm. when they, when they choose who to work with, they're not looking for the person who's done exactly what they're looking to do. They're looking for the person who obviously knows how to work with, with teams 
and knows yeah. how to make things happen. So, um, yeah. So my advantage too is that I was a graphic designer for eleven years. Right. That's like what I did, and that's how I paid the bills. And so for the past six years, photography. Well, uh, you know, up until the last two, it, you know, photography was like the side hustle, mm-hmm. and I was doing everything from like family photos to the occasional wedding to like headshots to whatever just to keep going right just to keep doing it um and so uh having a design background is helpful and a lot of the people that came in were just photographers no experience in marketing no experience in design mm-hmm. and so w- I, when you when you're a commercial photographer you understand this you're shooting for a specific purpose right right um it's not just you're creating art right you're not just shooting that guitar to hang on a wall it's it's a part of a a uh, a design a marketing plan uh it has to hit a specific target right um and that's the hard part of this kind of photography um is you you have to think strategically mm-hmm. um there's metrics involved there's data involved that, like some type of work is is more downloaded than the other type of work so you try to lean into that kind of stuff so people think that being a photographer is so man it just would be so fun but a lot of it is just like it's just it's trying to figure out what you're doing you know right um yeah well i think something i've uh so I am really involved with ASMP, the American Society of Media Photographers. Okay. And it's a, it's a trade organization for commercial photographers um, and folks that are working in the advertising and, uh, and commercial spaces. And I think the, when people are often talking about, you know, hey, what are the dif- what's the difference between different kinds of photography? And I say commercial and people are like, oh, well, what's, what is that? And I'm like, here's the thing. When you're shooting a wedding, that is considered retail photography. Right. Because mm-hmm. the end user, the, the person who's going to enjoy and use the photos is the person paying you for the photos. So they're buying a product that they're going to come home and, and have, and then they show it to their friends and family, but it's never used to, well, I mean, it could be, but it's not usually used to sell a product or service. Mm-hmm. It's used for personal enjoyment and commercial photography, um, product headshots, um, brand lifestyle, those are used to promote a brand or to sell a product. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the fundamental difference. You don't get to just go, I want to go make some beautiful art that somebody's going to like. No, you're, you're the brief and the job is to understand the end user that you're trying to communicate with mm-hmm. and, and create something they can latch onto and see themselves in or that they can view aspirationally yeah and that was part of the the learning curve because when i jumped into this job i approached a lot of the especially lifestyle and guitar portrait type stuff as i would retail right and i I would be like okay i have this guy with the guitar i'm gonna i'm gonna light him the same way i would a couple or whatever um and while there were great photographs and i look back and i'm like i missed the mark (laughs) you know what i'm saying like um People liked them, um, but they just, and, and this is something that we hired a new creative director and he kind of came in with kind of fresh eyes. He's very much agency experience. And he was like, they're good, but they're not Taylor. And mm. it was kind of like a gut punch. I'm like, oh my God, like I love these photos. So um, what was the difference? Yeah. Tell me about that because I'm, 
I'm, now now you got my interest piece. Yeah, yeah. I really want to know what the difference was between the stuff that you really loved and then when you started to tweak things a little bit. What What's the difference? Yeah. I mean, first of all, we're still working that out, right? I okay. mean, we're still... He, he's a new Welcome creative director. Welcome to photography, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's this. Oh, it's always evolving. Um, but you know, I approached it. So I really love strobe photography. Like I love strobe portraits. Um, I love images with a lot of uh, color and contrast. You can see that when you look at my portfolio, right? Mm -hmm. So what I shoot for my portfolio is very different sometimes than what I shoot for Taylor. Sure. 10% of what I shoot for Taylor might end up on my, on my portfolio, but like 90% will never see the world. I'm going to say, well, it will never be attached to my name directly um, sure. because it's not my style. It's not who, it's not my voice. It's not who I want to be represented by, whatever. Right. And so I kind of, when I first got started, I, I would do a lot of like, okay, I'm going to take a, a artist or a model and we're going to go to Sunset Cliffs or down by the beach, Sunset. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to strober. Right, mm -hmm. like single strobe, gridded, very colorful, very punchy, very edgy. I can see that picture. I'm looking at. It yeah, right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. That that made up to my portfolio because that that's that's yeah. what I love. Like that's my personal style is this sort of punchy, edgy, contrasty yeah. um, look. Uh, and but that's not Taylor, <laughs> right? Um, so I had to dial that back a lot. Sure. In fact. Um, it, through a lot of conversation and it's super frustrating because there's a, there's a, there's a language barrier between creative directors and art directors right. and photographers. And that's something that I'm still learning. Right. Uh -huh. I'm kind of new. I'm kind of a baby to this whole world. And so they're like, I, I, I like him. The sky's more blown out. I like him more white. Like the images that they were showing me were very like, you like that? I, like, looks like, that's not very good. Like the sky's all blown out. There's the highlights are blown out. Um, and it feels very Instagrammy trendy. Like, are you sure? Like, really? Like, yeah, like that's, and, and it makes sense. Cause that, that feels very, I don't, it feels very trendy. It feels very yeah. Instagrammy casual, like approachable, um, as opposed to, and this is something that we, we can talk about it. Cause I'm kind of exploring this right now. No, like, I love it. Having shooting a bunch of you know shooting with strobes, having it dialed in, um, I don't even know if people want that anymore because like the market is so wanting this sort of like organic, natural look that I'm just like, are you? Sh oh come yeah. on, guys! Like <laughs> we could we could do you know such cool stuff, but it's but it's all good, and we're you know we're you know figuring that out. So now. I figured out that like they like it when I shoot photos about 10 in the morning, they mm -hmm. like that light. They, mm -hmm. they like that light. They don't want it too warm. Okay, right. cool. They don't really like strobes. I use reflectors, right? Yeah. Strobes create it, make it a little bit too punchy. They, they want, they, it makes the exposure too balanced. Right. Right. Um, so now I just like do a little fill light with a, with the reflector. Right. And I shoot with longer lenses. I shoot with a 135 mm -hmm. or 70 to 200 because they like a lot of compression. Mm -hmm. They don't want this, the, the background to be really part of the story. They just really want it to kind of fall off focus. 
Yeah. Okay, cool. I can shoot with a 7 to 200 uh, all day. You yeah. know, it was like I can shoot at 200 to get a, t- a crap ton of compression uh, with a little reflector to just to fill in a little bit of light on their face. Easy. Makes all sense. Right, cool. <laughs> but it, to me, I'm like, I have all the strobes. Like I could like do all this <laughs> cool stuff and I could make it. But then they're like, eh, it's good, but we don't, it's not, well, it's not the direction that we're taking it. Well, I think so, what, what they're seeing and, and what you're hearing is people are pushing back against the produced look. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they, yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where I think as photographers, we like, I, I'm looking, I have your Instagram account pulled up here and there are some images on here that I can, that are very, very well crafted, but they, but they look produced and I, I could tell you where the lights are. You know, I, I yeah. have a, a sense of that. And there's other images where there's one of a, of a, a, a guy playing guitar sitting on kind of like a turquoise couch and the whole background is blown out. Mm-hmm. and he's got a Taylor t-shirt on and it's technically yeah. kind of wrong. Right. I mean, as a photographer, yep. you, you think, well, the background shouldn't be blown out like that. Right. And, and yet, and I shot that image and that totally was an image natural. where like, if it, I, I, that was one of the rant, random ones that I was like, I'm, I, I kind of like this image. I'm going to yeah. throw it up there. Um, I shot it with a 51 two. Yeah. At 1.2. I love the background to just kind of blow out and just it's go money. Out, just it's turn into those, mush. It's it's catalog, it's ad material all day long. Right. Even even though as a photographer, you you, know, you and I both know that technically it's overexposed and you know right. it it needs work, but that it doesn't matter because that's there's because the energy and the feel comes doesn't come from being technically perfect. Right. And, and that's fact, the kind of, that's the, I, I'm starting to have some come to, to Jesus moments <laughs> in my work where I'm like, man, art directors, like creative directors, like agencies. If I'm, if I ever have a future beyond Taylor and a future beyond just doing my own work, that's like, whatever, I need to like adapt a little bit more. <laughs> like, I need to like show a little bit more like diversity and show that I can shoot in this sort of Instagrammy natural light photography sort of vibe, which I despise. I mean, I don't, I I don't despise it. I just like, I just, it drives me nuts when people are like, I'm a natural light, you know, photographer. I'm like, God, you're a photographer. Like you just don't know how to use strobes. Right. (laughs) I was just going to say, when people say I'm a natural light photographer, that means I don't know how to use flashes. I don't know how to use strobe flashes. I don't know how to use artificial light. It's just tool. It's it's a tool. Right. So if your portfolio is an indication you're you're learning this well because it's a really good mix of what feels really natural and you using strobes as an artistic element. So right, I think, and, I, uh, and I'm honestly I'm trying to blend them. Like I'm actually taking cues not from you know photographers like Annie Leibovitz um, anymore, which I love, but her images are so they're gorgeous, they're amazing, they're so produced, they're so they're you know the lighting is like. You know what's crazy though is that yeah. the new stuff is is crazy produced, but her old stuff is is the exact opposite. Oh, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yes, it's true. Uh, yeah, but even you, her I, older I, stuff was like she was still using strobes. Yeah, her yeah. masterclass is really interesting. Um, I have I haven't quite finished it yet, but I've been working on it for like a year, and it's great yeah. because she's she's really tearing into the meat of her old stuff and not yeah. really dealing as much with the new stuff, and I find it fascinating. 
So anyway, she has uh, no, we could go off on a tangent on her, but she (laughs) has just tremendous artistic courage. Yeah. Right. Like her, like she, like she told the story of when she photographed the queen, she was like, can you, can you come over here and do this? And she's like, uh, you can't ask the queen that. Right. Like, and that's Annie. Like, I would never do that. I'd be like, okay, okay, okay. I would do whatever you want me to do. I'll just, I'm just so grateful to be so free to photographing the queen. Um, anyway, um, uh, so I actually have been really inspired by a lot of, um, Hollywood lighting designers. Okay. Like how they, how they light films. I, I find that super interesting because their whole point is like, the, the, you, we don't want to make the light the point. Right, the light is not the story. The is story is what's. Particular? What's that? Is there anybody in particular that you are inspired by? Oh, I, I know you're going to ask me names. I don't know names. <laughs> um, That's okay. I, I don't, there's just so many clips on YouTube of old lighting designers. Yeah. Um, and how they light old films, and it's always based around natural light. Yeah. And to me, like a lot of the strobe stuff, the kind of the amateur strobe stuff on on Instagram is very like, dude, you went out and you bought a Godox eighty six hundred. And you and you strobe the crap out of it, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, that's not natural. Like the the sun would never do that. There's no source of light that would look like that. You just right. you just dialed crazy up your strobe and you overpowered everything else. It's that whole overpower the sun. I can right. overpower the I'm sun like, with this. Eh, like it. I guess it's. I mean, it's it's art, right? If people want to do that, that's that's cool. But for me, I'm like, I wanted to make it look natural. Like to me, the the cool thing about strobes is like I can put a window anywhere, right? That's, that's the point of it. Right. Yeah. Is to like Rembrandt. The reason why he kind of the whole, the term Rembrandt lighting was based upon his studio. And he had a, a like the skylight that he would put people in a certain spot that would yeah. create a highlight between their nose uh, and their eye to, you know, create a triangle. Yeah, I wasn't a strobe. He wasn't like thinking, "I'm going to create Rembrandt lighting with a strobe and a grid and a right." It's like put <laughs> there's a, a candle with a shining <laughs> light in the same direction. He would put people there. Yeah, um, and that's the point of to me strobe lighting is like how do we how do we replicate natural what what is going on in nature yeah. um, naturally? So that's kind of how my approach to it. No, that's great. When I've heard, I know that there are artistic approaches to using strobe and, and different kinds of artificial lighting, but I tend to, I really like the idea of saying if you can, if you've done it right, then it's not immediately obvious that you even used artificial light. Totally. You know, uh, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, maybe bridges the gap when you're looking at your lifestyle work for Taylor and, and your personal aesthetic is that you figure out, okay, how do I how do I make this look natural? How do I make it look like the light's coming from where it's supposed to be coming from? And mm-hmm. you're just you're just kind of bumping it up a little bit. You're kind of you're just kind of and it's it hard little, to do, man. Giving it's, it a little juice, yeah. It's hard. Like I'm still learning how to do that. Um, it, it, you know, it's it's a never ending battle of like balancing exposure with lighting and the environment um yeah it's, there's a lot of people who are just like pros that can just come in and like do it like off the top of their head be like okay i'm gonna shoot this at f8 you know i'm gonna you know like i'm like i, yeah. I have to like experiment and tweak um, yeah it takes it's me like, a while it's like the folks who come in and they meter it and they just set the lights up and they don't even 
they just kn- they know exactly where the lights right. are supposed to be set because they I'm not the scene. I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> Me either. I'm not one of those guys. But it's funny because I have some. I have a a friend who runs the photography pro- program at one of our local um, junior colleges. Okay. And and he of course knows all that stuff like in the back of his hand. And he's got guys who have graduated, guys and girls who've graduated from his program that are 20, 21 years old that know lighting way better than I do. And um, right. And they know it all technically, which is cool. That, I mean, that's so. what's, there's a lot of that missing. People don't know technical uh, photography very well these days. Right, right. Like, I've met people who are, like, shooting weddings, making $100,000 a year shooting weddings. They have two lenses. Mm-hmm. They have, like, a 50 millimeter, and they have, like, an 85 millimeter. Yeah. And they shoot everything at 1.2 and 1.4, mm-hmm. and that's their look. And, like, yep. I'm like... They just, they shoot everything the same and it works for them, but they don't understand, you know, Hey, why don't you stop that down a few steps? And then you could like, I don't know. What does stop that down mean? What does that, what does that mean? (laughs) They just, they didn't know like, Oh, if I put my, God bless them, man. Like that's cooler. Well, I think it's it's great. Yeah. In some ways it's great because it's like the democratization of photography, you know, totally. we've We've gotten to a point where there's such a broad place for you to share your work that mm-hmm. tons of people have been exposed to it and go, Hey, I could do that. And yeah. then, and we have to, as photographers work out, okay, how do I come to a balancing spot where I, I do embrace the craft and try to actually mm-hmm. be really good at this and, and try to do the right things technically, but also let the serendipity happen. You know, the serendipitous stuff happen. And, um, uh, that's, that's the interesting part is to say, okay, this is maybe the best example is one of the most popular trends in wedding photography is that veiling flare that you get mm. when you shoot with a super, you know, super fast mm-hmm. lens. And then you get it so that the light is just outside of your frame, but it, but then it creates this dehazing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's a soft with everything up. Yeah. yeah. This whole, this haze over the entire background. And it's a little bit like you get that in golden light, um, you know, in the golden light hour. And I, but it's funny because that's a, that's technically a lens defect, yeah. the, the veiling flare, but it's become a really popular part of modern golden light, golden mm-hmm. hour photography. And I think a lot of folks, they, they don't know that it's a technical, uh, you know, problem with the lens. They mm-hmm. don't know that something's actually wrong <laughs> and yet if right. we can kind of figure it out and embrace it, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, like, so I was just talking to uh, Jay Park, and he's our, he's our content creator. He's, like, a uh, big guitar guy, and uh, well, there, there's, there's a, such a crossover between the guitar community and the camera community, mm-hmm. just in terms of, like, uh, amateurs and pro amateurs, where, like, the best guitar players, right? I'm talking, like, Gary Clark Jr., to, um, maybe may, maybe not the edge because he's super technical but paul mccartney like i don't get yeah james taylor if you start to talk to them about like the super technical parts of like guitars they're like i don't i don't care man yeah i don't give it i don't give a shit about this yeah. i just want to make good art right yeah yeah uh same thing with like cameras so you have all these like camera influencers on youtube and they get caught down and they're like you know, when you pixel peep to hundred percent and like, <laughs> right. dude, just make fucking good art. Like that's yeah. what, like if you, if your camera can do that, do that. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and so, to, to lean back into Annie Leibovitz, 
Yeah. yeah. If you watch behind the scene videos of her, she has no brand loyalty and she doesn't really right. care about anything specific. She just is like, just give me the one that has the good look. And she's, she's not super technical. I mean, a lot of these old super fuck, you know, pros, like, have like one lit, right? Yeah. They like, uh, this 50 millimeter has been with me for 30 years and this is all I shoot <laughs> right. with. Um, yeah. and they might, they might have upgraded camera systems, but it's still a 50 millimeter, right? And yeah. I'm like, I don't need anything else. That's, that's their look. Um, yeah. and so, uh, we've definitely lost that. And so just when you look on like Taylor forums, of like these guys are like, what's this, what's the scale length of a GS mini? What? But yeah. why is that? I'm like, dude, who cares? You know yeah. what I'm saying? And like, yeah. so they just, so Canon just released the R5, which I just bought. Right. Just the oh, conversation just <laughs> is so annoying. It's like, just make good shit. Like put good art out into the world. Right. Um, stop talking about, you know, what's the, you know, ISO capabilities. Oh, Jesus. Like it's yeah. just... But, but bo- it's boring conversation, <laughs> right? Right. But but you did get the R five, so I did. But here's <laughs> I I don't care. I use it. Here's here's the thing. When I first so when I when I was when I got my job at Taylor, I had a Canon sixty, the original okay. sixty. I love that camera. Yeah. Um. And cult classic. I just it's great camera. It was a baby five D Mark three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I sold pretty much everything when I first got it started working at taylor because i was like taylor has a 5d mark three has all l lenses like what i just i need some money so i've been saving for the past couple years like yeah i want to get my own kit back right Uh and so and i wanted i and i told myself i'm gonna save for like the best at that point right because i don't want to have to think about it for the next five years or whatever right um so i bought the bought the eos r5 and you've probably got a couple hundred frames on it at this point I have I no I have like thirty five frames. <laughs> nice, because it's it. not it's not I wanted. I'm still testing it. Like, um, yeah. I don't. Tr- I'm not gonna do like a big photo shoot with it. But you've got you got you get the adapter and you can use all of the elements mm-hmm. you guys have there at Taylor with it. Yep, uh, and I and I bought the RF twenty four to seventy. Um, mm. so as a non Canon shooter, that lens, man, that lens looks amazing. Yeah. I mean, after we just got done crapping on people who talk about tech, t- talking about technical stuff, let's talk about tech. Te- let's talk Dude, about I technical just, stuff. I literally spent yeah. all last night, I spent an hour and a half recording a podcast with my buddies, and yeah. we literally talked about gear the entire time. It's so, so I love talking about Here's the thing I love <laughs> talking about gear. Like, I can talk about gear for three hours, right? Um, but it's, it's a trap. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, well, let me, I'll, I will say this. Though. Yeah. Your work you're putting your money where your mouth is because your work is legit. Oh, thanks, so, man. Yeah. So that's very sweet. You can talk about gear because yeah. you know, I can see that you have lights. I can see you know how to use them. I can see you know how to stop down. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that, like that conversation the, we already like, had. I have, I have an R5, but I'm, I'm going to use probably 15% of what that camera is, you know, capable of. Yeah. Right. I do the same thing. I don't care if I'm shooting on a 5D Mark III, a Nikon D, whatever Nikons make. Sony, I'm, I'm going to do the same thing. Um, yeah. And so uh, you know, how I light things, it's very, how I light things is really dependent upon like, because I'm usually, I don't usually don't have an assistant. Mm-hmm. It's usually me with a strobe with a grid on it. Right. Do you guys have a studio there? I, I do have a studio. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
but like if I'm on the field and I shoot an artist, you know, it's usually like one strobe on a C stand, mm -hmm. uh, maybe two strobes, but yeah. rarely more than two if I'm like out somewhere. Yeah. And you can look at my work. It's just one strobe, one on beauty dish um, yeah. with a grid on it or a, a small like Octobox, you know, like a 36 inch guy. Yeah. With a grid. Cause I, I just like that look. Um, yeah. And so it's not Same. like, it's not super crazy technical. It's like, so what kind of lights are you using? You, you meant, you said strobe. You, I know mm -hmm. it sounds like you're leaning towards that side of things. Yeah. So, uh, I have an Ellen Chrome ELB 500 TTL mm -hmm. kit that I use and, uh, I have a love hate relationship with it. It's great. It produces great light. It's, um, uh, I love the hyper sync, the high, high speed sync, which I don't use more than I probably should use it more. Um, uh, yeah. Um, and then I also have, um, a little Godox kit too. I have yeah. 8,200 and then I have an 8,400. Okay. Uh, that I use, uh, as well. I, and I like, like I've been using those more because the mm -hmm. batteries are just contained. They're just easy. They're just, yeah. Like, I, I like, oh, is the, is the Ellen Chrome have a pack? Like yeah, it has a pack battery. It has a pack battery, which is, mm. yeah, it, it's okay. Well, they, they're powerful and they get it done. I also have the, I have the Flashpoint version of the Godox stuff. It's the same thing. That's just yeah, the yeah. Outer Manor branded. I have the old 8600 and a, an 8400 Pro, the yeah. newer one. Um, and the, the one that, thing that's nice about them is that the, I also have two speed lights mm -hmm. and another trigger that will trigger other stuff too. And so it's great because you can get high speed sync with all your gear with one with one trigger system. That, it's going on in price. You know, I used to be a pro photo snob. I'm like, I want pro photo gear. <laughs> and then like you look at the pricing. So you buy the units. You're like, okay, I'm gonna get the pro photo B10, whatever. <laughs> then like their modifiers are so blooming expensive. Like so, yeah. I'm like. Ah, I mean, like, okay, so yeah, <laughs> go, go ahead, go ahead. So my modifiers are like, uh, the, I use the Fotex Raja system. Yeah. Love it. Love oh, nice. it. I be, I can, they, I've, I've had them for like over a year and a half now. They're, they've held up. I have abused them. I, I had one, I had a 36, uh, Octobox, like fly across the beach. Uh, it felt like the, it basically fell off a cliff. Fine. Right. Mm -hmm. And if it breaks, they're like 140 bucks. Yeah. Like, I'm and not going to. Does it all have, you know? uh, do they all have the same mount, the, the Bowens mount? It has a Bowens mount, but you can buy the. So I have the Bowens to Ellen Chrome adapters. Oh, Ellen Chrome has their own. Yeah. That's so you right. just they like, their own you unscrew it, and you screw in the Ellen Chrome, and then it's like, boom, now it's an Ellen Chrome modifier. Yeah. And then if I want to shoot it with, with, with my AD system, I just like unscrew it, and I put it back in the Bowens mount. It's super easy. <laughs> So what's interesting is I've been using the Godox stuff for the last, mm -hmm. I want to say like two years. And I also have a, a kit of um, Paul C. Buff. They make a mm -hmm. light called yeah, the HB, yeah. which is, it's tiny. It's probably four inches deep yeah. and it's like six inches square. And it, and it has this really beautiful modeling light. And I use it when I do group headshots because I can plug it into the wall and just leave it on all day. Mm -hmm. And but it has its own ball car mount for the, so it has to have its own Octobox set up and its own booty dish and all that stuff. And then I have the Bowens mount stuff for all the Godox stuff. I've actually mm -hmm. been thinking about consolidating down to a pair of Profoto B10s 
but I love I was, those B tents. Like I love but what them. I was I, thinking I, about. Yo, go ahead. When I when I like if I go shoot in Nashville, um, uh, we have a bunch of artists there, and like if I go shoot something, I'll rent them. Yeah, like uh, like the B tens are amazing. Like I I love them, but the again they're just expensive. <laughs> like four grand for <laughs> for a pair I, of them. You know, I, so I just well, and that doesn't include yeah. the modifiers. Right in the modifier. So here's what I've been thinking. Yeah. And this is totally getting into nerdy gear talk. I love so it. I, yeah. So I use the Westcott Rapid Box. Um, I've thought box. about getting that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have the older one, but the new version, they call them the Switch. And yeah. it has a switchable um, rear ring on them. So you can, uh, uh, a switchable okay. speed ring. So what you can do is you can buy the Westcott modifiers, stick a Pro Photo ring on mm. them. And they're like, I don't know, I want to say like a third of the price of most of the pro photo modifiers. Yeah, it's West, like 280 bucks, right? For that, my personal, yeah, yeah. My personal feelings, I think the Westcott ones actually work a little better. And I mean, I love the look of a graded beauty dish, and their their switch, their Westcott beauty dish system. I've like looked into that because I feel mm-hmm. like it's a little bit more. I've had old Westcott stuff. I had the Westcott Apollo like yeah. six years ago, and that thing like fell apart within months right yeah like the ribs just like you know like so um i think the newer stuff's not like that the uh, that start starting with like the rapid box which is i think those came out about four years ago they're built like a tank i they also compress down really tiny so i've yeah it's kind of cool because i have my one big octa it's the extra large size so it's like a 36 Mm. and it's the entire thing goes down to the size of the speed ring so it's oh that's that's uh, awesome so it's yeah it's it's fairly long but it's but it's really narrow whereas almost all the other boxes they're just they have these ridiculous um the ribs don't don't break down very small Mm -hmm. and so they end up being kind of ridiculously large so that's how you know you've made it to a certain level in your career is like your first thing is like how how big is it when it when it's breaking you know broken (laughs) down like i don't i hate carrying shit like they should just say like when you're a photographer and you're not quite at a level of to be able to hire a bunch of assistants, your job is to carry stuff, right? Yeah. And so, uh, and I learned your lesson early stuff, on, <laughs> right? Just so buy small. Like I try yeah. to have the smallest footprint humanly possible, yeah. Because I also tend to have to carry guitars. And guitars <laughs> are not small. Oh, I love it, and they're not light. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, well, and it's it's funny because the most guitars, the cases way more than the guitar does, right? The, they do. Yeah. Yes. Because the, so, the case is made out of solid plywood. So it's true. Yeah. It's interesting. So the, I totally agree with you, except there's one place that I will carry just big, stupid, heavy things. And it's that I've had lights fall over just enough times that I finally started. I have a big, ridiculous Matthews. I have two mm-hmm. of these big stands that have the leg that can extend out and i think like the, c-stands I say, no i don't I actually don't like c-stands um because they're not compact enough the legs are too mm-hmm. awkward so these are actually matthews so the same same company that makes you know some of the best c-stands yeah but it actually is like a a regular lightweight stand uh, I, yeah I, think, really I know what you're talking about heavy and air cushioned yeah. but they don't break down any more than about three feet long so that's kind awesome of a, they're, yeah, it's kind of a pain that way, and they weigh about thirty pounds, but it has this one leg you can make longer. 
So if mm. you're on uneven surfaces, you can make the one leg extend out further. And it just and, helps balance it too. Yeah, yeah. And then if you have I a just, big head. I mean, like especially like a lot of these heavy battery in unit strobes that are like you're so heavy, which is what I love about yeah. the the ELB system. It's like yeah. the head on these guys are like the size of a whopper, right? Yeah. Like so, like <laughs> and they're they're very they're like less than a pound basically. So like there's yeah. no, there's you know besides for the modifier there's there's no weight on that. So as opposed to like a B10 or like, especially when you go up in size to like a Godox 8600 or something. Yeah. Like that. That's a lot of weight. That's kind of my, on my that. main So you need a C standard. You need something yeah. a lot more substantial to be able to hold up. Yeah. That. Cause with one gust, it's so top heavy. Yeah. And if you've got like, a big modifier on there, man, that's totally. The, yeah. I, I had that happen. That's why I moved to the bigger stands. Uh, luckily when it hit the ground, it hit octabox first right <laughs> so yeah so it didn't so it it hit gently but that's crazy well that that's um i love that it's great hearing about what kind of gear you're using there mm-hmm. so i want to switch gears a little bit and switch I, gears switch it up yeah what i would love to know is you mentioned not really being a guitar guy sure. so how did you first of all get into photography Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to know first of all how you got into photography, and then mm-hmm. how did you, how did this Taylor thing happen? But but I'd love to know kind of how you started as a photographer first, because it sounds like you've been doing that for a lot longer. Yeah. So um, growing up, my you know photography was always in our house. My dad was kind of a part time wedding guy, a, a wedding photographer. Um, he would do it for Christmas money. Mm. So this was back in the day when like there wasn't a photographer on every corner, right? Who did weddings. (laughs) This is like, literally he had an ad in the yellow pages and that like gave him like a wedding a month, which gave him enough income for like just discretionary income. And he, and he liked it. Um, not his full-time job, not his full-time job. Right. And so photography was always around. Like he always had cameras. He had, you know, the his camera bag that I would always like try to get into. And then he would like yell at me. Uh, it just comes full circle because I now have a seven-year-old who tries to do that kind of stuff. Nice. Um, and so um, when I got into graphic design, um, I didn't have a plan on becoming a photographer. W- one of my first jobs, um, they were like, hey, do, do you know how to use a camera? Hmm. Like literally like the first week, they were like, do you know how to use a camera? And I'm like, sure, yeah. And they had a uh, Digital Rebel XSI kit, one of those first digital rebels and i'm yeah. like yeah this is cool they're like nobody really knows how to use it it's it's there and it had it was like a, like a costco special well, see nobody knows how to use it so you're okay and you're nobody's gonna find out you don't know what you're doing right exactly <laughs> and here's the thing if you, if there's youtube i'm good right like i can figure out anything with youtube that's how i built my career is all like honestly youtube yeah. um so i'm like yeah I'll, I'll do this and they were like we need some t-shirt model like we wanted some t-shirts photograph on models i'm like yeah i yeah. can totally do that like I literally like t- got this Costco special with the 1855, mm-hmm. set it to auto, like bam, 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 shot it in JPEG, uh, cleaned it up in Photoshop because I knew Photoshop, right? Yeah. Hey, um, graphic designer, right? Right. And like I'm, I made it work. And then I just kind of adopted this kit as my own because nobody else was using it. So I would take it home on weekends and I'm like, you know, go hiking and I'll take it with me and just kind of like learn that way. I was still shooting kind of automatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my next job, it was kind of a, a step up. So my next job had a little more money. 
and they had uh, 70. Hmm. And so I was a senior graphic designer. They're like, hey, you know how to use cameras, right? And I'm like, yeah, I know how to use cameras. Like, we need some portraits taken for a big fundraising campaign. Yeah. So I'm like, I could totally do that, right? Um, so I was like, I just started, I literally opened up YouTube and like portrait photography. One of the guys that I started watching was a photographer named Jeremy Cowart. Mm, yeah. I'm right. Nashville fan. based photographer. Mm-hmm. And I just became like, I have ADD where I just kind of like get in the zones where I just cram. Like I just like, you know, research the hell out of stuff. So I watched really all his videos. We kind of became <laughs> obsessed with him. Um, sure. And so I loved his style and I was like, I'm going to, so I just, I started to shoot these portraits in kind of this really crude, terrible Jeremy Coward style where I had a speed light, you know, and, um, and, uh, I just started to try to replicate what the the type of heat work that he did. Yeah. And I I loved, I loved shooting portraits like that. Um, and I was like, man, it'd be so great to shoot bands someday and shoot, you know, celebrities. And so uh, that's kind of how I got started. It was just like, I just became obsessed with this certain style of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, then I discovered other photographers out there, you know, like, um, oh gosh, so many. Um, um, Annie Leibovitz, um, yeah. like all these photographers are just gr- amazing portrait photographers. And that's like, that's the bar that I set, right? Like that's, yeah. like, that's the target that I set. It wasn't like, local instagrammers it was like like i want to learn from the best of the best well jeremy Uh, coward i'll just i will say this that i've been a big fan of his for a long time love him yeah and and there's certain people when i see there's certain musical artists when i hear them Mm -hmm. i can't help but associate him with them because he shot their the cover art oh sure yeah yeah um so i don't know if you've ever listened to johnny swim yeah but um Mm -hmm. all of their photography is all is all him and then also, um, there's a singer songwriter based out of, I believe, Atlanta named Matt Wirtz. And yep. it's one of Jeremy's first album covers, and it was shot on a Hasselblad um, film camera. And it's one of the most gorgeous portraits I've ever seen. Yeah. Just uh, unreal. So his work is, is really good. And he also embraces the like imperfection, he really embraces. Mm-hmm let's let's get this and let's have it be really rough and raw and just have the emotion come through totally and he's super good at that um he's i mean he's an artist right and so especially his all like all like a lot of his latest work super creative like oh my gosh i I crazy gritty tenth of his you know creativity yeah um that's kind of how i got started um and i kind of i got the bug for it um but so then i would like do kind of side projects side you know, like an engagement session here, family portrait there, but I wasn't good enough to be an actual photographer like full time, but that was my dream. I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, and then, uh, like I was a graphic designer up until basically two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, my last graphic design job was here in uh, San Diego. It was kind of like the low point. Right. It was like the, the, it was like, I, I knew my graphic design days were coming to an end and i was like i gotta get out of here and i gotta get out of here um and then one day this in-house photographer position opened up at taylor i was like there's no way there's no way at all like no way in hell like i'm gonna get this job i was like i applied and uh yeah and they called me in for 
for an interview. Um, I will say that. So I actually lived in in Bellingham, Washington. I, okay. I kind of skipped over a big chunk of, of of the story. So I lived in Bellingham, Washington. I was working for a software company, and the software company had like a pretty big video design department. Mm-hmm. And so they had access to all the gear. Like they shot on Reds, had five mm-hmm. D Mark Threes. They had all the the L, the L, L lenses. So what I did was uh, I would go along with these video shoots and I would shoot stills. I was a still shooter at these video shoots. So mm-hmm. those these kind of like big production video shoots. And I just would like hang in the background and like use the same lighting. Like that was yeah. all by Kino flows and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and just shoot stills. And that's kind of what I filmed, filled my portfolio with. Yeah. It was like just these stills of these video shoots yeah. that I just kind of like tagged along with. Mm-hmm. And, and they would use these photos for like web ads and right. social posts and stuff like that. Because there were still versions of the motion pieces that they created. Right. Um, and that's what I filled my portfolio with in combination with like, uh, you know, family portraits and that, and that kind of stuff. So I had this really kind of all over the place portfolio. Yeah. Um, uh, everything from like lifestyle campaign work to like, you know, engagement sessions. Um, and it was good enough to that they liked my work. Um, so that's how, so, how I got started. Yeah. Was um, the move to the San Diego area, was that because of the Taylor job or had you already moved down there? I had already moved down there. So I actually, my story is crazy, man. I uh, um, I was working in Bellingham. I got laid off from my position. They hold, they like eliminated my whole team. I was working mm. on, on, a, on a specific product and they eliminated my team. So I, I got cut from there and I needed a job. So I took a, a graphic design job here, just as like a temporary thing that lasted like a year. Then I quit that job and I took this other job because I made more money. Um, but it was like super boring. I was designing, I was designing uh, landing pages for car dealership groups. <laughs> wow, like that's what I, yeah, yeah. But it paid well, right? I was, it was like instant, like twenty grand pay raise, and I was like. I'm, I have a family. I got to do this job. You know, like it's better. Mm-hmm. It would help a lot. Then, um, yeah. So nice. And you have, so you said, you mentioned family. You have a seven year old, you said? Uh, I do. I have a seven year old and I'm married. And you're so, married. Yeah. Nice. And which, what part of uh, the San Diego area do you guys live in? Uh, we live, we live in a community called Allied Gardens, okay. which is kind of in the hills. It's uh, right off the eight. It's this really interesting community. It's like this post-war suburb, mm. but it's kind of like frozen in time. Okay. It's cool. It's not like a modern suburb. Like the houses mm-hmm. are a little bit more interesting. They all look like they were built in like the 50s and 60s. Uh-huh. Um, and so, and it's just like this kind of like lever to beaver life. Like my <laughs> kids, like my kid has like a bunch of friends in the neighborhood and they play in all the front yards and we watch each other's kids. And it's like this weird sort of universe of like my gosh um so and we love that's cool that's cool yeah yeah so my um this is replay on the podcast because i was telling desi this but my wife her whole family lives in san diego yeah i heard that yeah 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 so um my um they all live in like la mesa um el cajon yeah uh, santee area yeah so uh, taylor is actually out uh there yeah. Um, we're in uh Santa area. Yeah. So uh that's where I am right now. And yeah. so yeah. 
No, that's great. That's great. It's a very different. If you've been here, it's a very different place. When people think of San Diego, this is very different. Uh, yeah. Area than. So where are you from there. originally? A Chicago area. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I've been all over the place. So Chicago I lived in is... Michigan for a while. Yeah. Lived in Iowa for a while. Uh, um, moved out to California for the first time. I was in LA. Um, so it was like like early early twenties. Then uh, I worked for a production company. Uh, we produced like character education films, like anti bullying films for like okay. schools. Yeah. And I was uh, sent to uh, Portland actually um, for a job. And I met my wife. She was actually live was living in Portland. She was actually from Oklahoma City, but she was living in Portland. And then she had to move back to Oklahoma City for for some family issues. And I chased her back to Oklahoma City. Nice. So like I lived in in uh, Oklahoma City for a while. Never lived in a place like that before. Never will no. again. Um, <laughs> uh, so then we moved to Houston, moved to Bellingham. All over the place. All over the place. Yeah. Um, I, I really never lived in a place longer than three years. Okay. And so, but I've been here for five years. So, yeah, uh, it's a very new thing for me. Because usually, every couple of years, I get I get an itch. Like mm-hmm. I need a, I need a big change. I need I need to move. Yeah. So, but well, now you're two years into a pretty good pretty good deal. So yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. So tell me, th- this is something I'm I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. How does photography? You know, where does it fit into your life in terms of? I, I, obviously, it's your, your this is your your day job revolves mm-hmm. around photography. Mm-hmm. Where does photography fit into your life in terms of just creative output and and just kind of emotionally who, who you are and, and and that sort of thing? And it's okay if the, if it doesn't. It's some people, yeah, it's, no. it is. It's I, not I mean, that. It definitely. That's something that I think about a lot. Is like. Um, um, my relationship with like personal creative work because photography is a job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a side hustle. It's not a form of, of expression. It's a job. So it pays rent, pays for food. Um, and I'm thankful for that. Um, I often have tried to live by this idea of like, I don't want hobbies. I want to like turn my hobbies into like what I get paid for. Mm. Right. And so, uh, I I love doing it. It's hard as hell. Um and but I'm I'm still obsessed with it. Like I, I when I'm when I'm home, I'm thinking about photography. Um late at night when I'm laying in bed and I can't sleep, I'm like scrolling Instagram, like looking for inspiration. Like I'm right. constantly out there looking, absorbing what's other people are, you know, producing. Um um always paying attention to, to trends, always paying attention to gear. Like I, I know, you know, as much as I, I crap on gear, like I know what's out there. Like, uh, mm-hmm. um, I watch the videos. I watch the dumb camera influencer videos of unboxing dumb cameras that I never, right. It's just, it's fun for me. Like this is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the moment that it is no longer fun, like graphic design, I will quit. Um, uh, so, and like, it's just a challenge too. like, I, that's what I love about photography too, is it's like, it's the most, it's one of the most competitive industries out there. Mm-hmm. 
you know how many people want to become full-time photographers? A lot. Oh, I know. I a know. lot. There's a there's a phrase for it, right? Going full-time. Right. That was me. I was like, how do I... I was trying to become a full-time guy for like six years. I was like, am, am I going to become a wedding photographer? A full-time family photographer? I didn't know. Um, yeah. And so I'm incredibly blessed, lucky, whatever word you want to use um, to get where I'm at. Like uh, the fact that I can do this full time and have health insurance and right. bills are paid and that kind of stuff. It's a, un- you have a unique setup there. Very sure. unique setup. And um, a lot of photographers are envious. Um, so I don't take it for granted what I do. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but I, I've been, tr- so I was kind of in a lull for a long time. In fact, this is a conversation that me and Desi had a lot was like, he would just go out and shoot stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like who's paying you to make that hummingbird photo? Like <laughs> right. there's nobody paying you to make the hummingbird photo. Like you're not going to try to like become a hummingbird photo influencer and like get sponsors <laughs> for the hummingbird photography. Like why would you waste your time doing that? And like Hash, hashtag ad, right? Right. I'm like, I got to get out of this mindset of like, like if I, if it doesn't pay me, I don't want to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so one of my goals is like buy my own gear again was like, give me kind of a, a booster shot of like creativity. Mm-hmm. Like I, so one of the things that I'm trying to learn is video. Like I want to shoot yeah. more video. Like I needed, I need to produce more video content to be relevant yeah. because stills photographers, stills only photographers are going to become more and more rare, right? You have to be a hybrid shooter. Like yeah. I understand this. You have to be a, a hybrid shooter to be competitive. Uh, if if I want to stay relevant, do you guys even have at, a team that does video there at Taylor? Um, we have contractors, and okay. so even at Taylor, like, and it's super frustrating, man. Like, th- photography is like the redheaded stepchild. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> oh, Patrick, he just does for photos, you know, whatever. But video gets all the money, they yeah. get all the attention. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I have a hard time upgrading a lens, and then we'll spend, you know. 30 grand on a campaign video. No yeah. problem. They're like, yeah, we'll, we'll get that approved. And I'm like, please, sir, can I have, can I have some money? You're right. I love it. Um, well, so, okay. So maybe you're up, upping your video skills allows you to uh, be more relevant there too. Yes. Yes. And well, well it's, it's funny. Cause I approached my boss. I was like, I want to start shooting more video, but he, and he's like, but, but you're a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> Like, we'll just keep you doing photography for, for a while. And I'm like, okay. So I realized that I'm, I'm going to have to just do it on my own. Yep. Right. I'm just gonna have to like do personal tailor projects on my own to prove my worth. Right. Yeah. Like, Cause I know like I can do it. I just, I need, you just need, you make your own videos and then you, you kind of hand them side, hand them to the social media team and say, here you go. Exactly. Well, and I'm working with, so I'm, I'm good friends with the social media content manager so i'm just gonna start shooting b-roll it's like super easy like one of the 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 reasons why i bought my camera was that shoots 4k1 120 yeah i can i can go into the factory and create really cinematic 4k slow-mo footage that's like what everybody wants to see nowadays it's a really super sexy trendy you know like uh video i can create that i'm sending you all the good vibes for that to work because that's in some ways that's yeah. so that increases your value there so much totally yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it's, and it's, and it's also, more creative work you know it's like 
And you're um, already there. It's better to have you do that than having to bring in contractors for every little project. Totally. Like they're already paying you. They're already paying your health benefits. Right. <laughs> it's just hard to think about like um, when I was doing, when I was a graphic designer, I'd be like, they would be like, we need to, we need to hire a uh, AF photographer to, to do this. And I'm like, guys, I'm a photographer. They'd be like, no, you're a graphic designer. <laughs> right. And like here, it's just like the opposite. It's just like, no, you're a photographer. You're not a video guy. Yeah. So like I'm always been in this position of like trying to like, guys, I can do this. I have the skill set. I'm a My double, I'm triple threat. Do that. <laughs> I'm a triple threat them. guy. Come on, guys. <laughs> no, I love it. I think that's great. That's great. So, I mean, you, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So you are, it sounds like you're, you're beginning to move in some new directions. What are the things you mentioned some projects mm-hmm. you, you mentioned wanting to, you know, expand into video, but what's the stuff that's a year from now, what do you hope to have accomplished in your portfolio and in your work? A lot, actually. So um, there, there's a photographer called Clay Cook, uh, called Clay Cook. His name is Clay Cook, <laughs> uh, um, who I've been working with. He's an amazing commercial photographer. He's a guy you should ha- have on your podcast. Okay. Um, we're not like friends, but he's a guy that he, he does super legit work. Um, and so I've been kind of working with him and he's been kind of like, uh, pointing me in a, in a direction where I should be going. And so doing more narrative based personal projects, Hmm. um, that speak to my voice more. And I've been really trying to figure, figure out like what that voice is. And so doing this, like the surfing project is the first project that's ongoing. Yeah. Um, that is going to be a series of photos between photos and, and motion too, and uh, videos that I can create a category on my website called, I haven't titled it yet, but like mm-hmm. surfing, you know, San Diego, that will just be a series of portraits yeah, uh, and a series of like these video vignettes um, about capturing that sort of lifestyle within yeah. San Diego from my unique perspective not being a surfer. I'm I'm not a surfer. Yeah. Right. But I, I find that culture really interesting. Um and I want to capture it. And so, but the from what I can tell, that's the kind of content that art directors want to see. Mm-hmm. Um is s- more long form visual story based content. So it's I'm kind trying of- to be more strategic about that. And even so um when I shoot artists, I'm thinking about like not just showing the best photo of when I shoot Ben Harper or whoever else, Zach Brown band or whatever. Like I want to shoot kind of a narrative arc to it, right? Mm-hmm. A series of images from that shoot that people can, can see, you know, as you know, the whole, no, yeah. Anyway, that's um, great. doing well, more it, of that it's marrying yeah. the journalistic sort right. of, uh, mm-hmm. um, photo you know uh, people call it photojournalism or rep- reportage that style right. mm-hmm. with uh, portrait work totally and it's like it's it's yeah you're yeah you're showing the final like beautiful portrait of ben harper but you're also showing like the in-between moments mm-hmm. right the the you know bts the yeah. um like all of it and so because honestly it's some of those photographs that are the, mo- the most interesting yeah like you 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 see amazing portrait of of Sir Paul McCartney and you're like that's an amazing portrait but honestly it's like the shots between the takes 
though like those are the photos that are the most interesting right. and those are the photos that are going to give the most the screen time when an art director or crew director is looking at portfolio, your portfolio because you're like oh you, you can see how he works you can see his lighting setup you can see a little more authentic reaction out of the artist and so that's the kind of content that i'm, I'm trying to work on yeah too. what you need to do is figure out how to uh, the way to marry those together is uh go hang out with the guys from switchfoot yeah, uh, Switchfoot's a big friend of friend of Taylor's. Yeah, um, John Foreman and Andy Powers are lead um, lead guitar designer. Uh, they're like buddies, and so yeah, you gotta you gotta leverage that because um, everything I've heard, I've been a big Switchfoot fan for you know okay. well, since they since they started. Mm-hmm. Um, my my wife went to Point Loma um, Nazarene University down okay. on the coast, yeah, yeah, and they used to come play like in the Commons back before they had a real record deal. They were like okay, teenagers. yeah, they were yeah. teenagers, but. Um, yeah, they're pretty hardcore Taylor users. He's got some uh, they are, yeah. guitars that are just. I mean, they're a hell. San Diego native band, and so yeah. they like to represent San Diego. Yeah, you know, and Taylor is the San Diego brand, so yeah. Um, and they're pretty hardcore surfers. They are. I mean, they're just like they're the poster child for SoCal lifestyle vibe right well if i were you i'd be be leveraging that uh, i'm doing a surfer a project on surfing and i work at guitars we got to shoot uh we got to get yeah totally that is i'm looking forward to seeing that work you gotta make thanks man thanks uh yeah it's fun um but you know yeah yeah well we are kind of kind of coming up on it's it's actually been over an hour um Nice. Yeah, and I know you have uh, you've got other things happening today. So, um, at the beginning, I you know you introduce yourself, but I would like to give people a chance to come and see your work. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they can come. Uh, you know, if they look at Taylor Guitars, um, the website, the Instagram, that stuff, they're probably going to see some of your work there. I'm guessing. But some of it, you, yeah. t- you tell me where people should go to see the work that you're up to. Uh, I think the most latest stuff will always be my Instagram feed. Um, my, uh, website, which is patrickfor.com. Um, I will, uh, I will launch the gallery version and I'll put that on my homepage. Um, so you can see some of my work right now. It's just kind of like a landing page. Yep, it's under construction, like under construction page. I will get rid of that and I will put, uh, I will load up my gallery. Nice. Um, so, uh, you can see some of my work that way. Yeah. I'll link um, to it in the show notes. Um, definitely. Thanks. Uh, but my, my, my Instagram is kind of definitely my most fresh content. And it's like the content that I'm like, eh, it's good, but it's not quite portfolio good. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, yeah. And that's, um, at Patrick four at Patrick four. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. That's great. Totally. W- well, um, I am really looking forward to seeing the, where that project goes, but also it's, uh, I think you've got me maybe paying a little more attention to Taylor again. Now that I know, oh, who's, thanks. Now that I know who's shooting there. Definitely. You should, you should come on by when you next time you're in San Diego, I'll, I'll give you a tour. Yeah. And, we'll uh, have to, we'll have to meet up next we'll time. We'll hang out. We'll grab, we'll grab some tacos. Yeah. Totally. When, when, when COVID's over, I think we, we, we usually come down there, um, once or twice a year. Um, Okay, nice. And, and so when 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 things start to settle down, we're gonna make it down there. So I'll I'll grab I'll Desi. We'll you. hang out. There we go. Be fun. Yeah, definitely. Be fun. Good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time um, out of your day to to, to talk talk about your career and and where you've been. I 
I think it's really refreshing to hear your perspective on it. And and thank you for for making this podcast. You know, it's always interesting to hear from other uh, photographers doing different stuff. And so um, I enjoy listening. And so good job. Perfect. Thanks. I do. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, share it with your friends and leave a review on Apple podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Also, I'm open to suggestions for interesting people to interview. So if you know of someone I should talk to, please reach out. You can reach out to me via the email link in the show notes, or you can send a message on Instagram or Facebook with the handle at go take pictures. New episodes are on the way soon. And if you subscribe, you'll get them as soon as they drop. But in the meantime, go take pictures.